0: will be walk by my side in deserts dry love me and help me when I cry so let me sing you one more song in case I leave I know how I That are slower now. I've taken each one by name. Standing on Jordan's stormy shore, I lift my trembling voice once more. I know how I made it. I made it by grace. children are leaving one by one, passing this way and going home. Signs of the time reveal we don't have very long. But each one who stands upon this shore, waving goodbye as they Choice Glory to God We'll leave here singing That same sweet song I know how I made it I made it by grace Steps that are slower Now I've taken Each one by faith No.
1: I'll tell you about this morning, turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. And this morning I was getting ready. I was listening to TV, and there was a preacher on. He said something that was just amazing. I got thinking about it more and more. He's talking about, you know, there's something wrong with the church today, and it's been being wrong for a while. COVID just kind of made it come out quicker. And it, it is, we're in the last days and we see the church just becoming what Jesus told it in, in Revelation chapter 3, as he talked to the church of Laodicea, and he told them, he says, uh, Because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest thou not that thou wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You know, that's that lukewarm church. And people, I've heard them say, oh, no, it's not us. It's not us. But the church in general, that's where we're at. COVID just brought it quicker and faster than we we really realized it was going to be. It's not like COVID caused it. No, COVID just exposed it. Because I want you to think about it. We was already experiencing where people were not wanting to come. We was already experiencing where people things were more important than God's word in the, the church and the gospel. And, and it's just, it seems more has been before. As Paul told Timothy, he, he told him in 2 Timothy chapter four, he said, he said, for there will come a time when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, they shall heap upon themselves teachers having itchy ears. People don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear the gospel. They don't want to hear about how you could sin and and there's repercussions of sin and and you should repent. People say, well, I, I don't want to talk about repentance because repentance is not something I want to do. I don't want to hear about the consequences. The Bible tells me the wages of sin are death. People say, well, I'm saved. Well, I got to ask you sometimes. Some people say that after wonder sometimes, are you really? Because if you're sin, if you're saved, then there's a desire to be away from it, from sin. There should be. You want to be more Christ-like, but you know, just like everybody else, we all go through problems. And I guarantee you, everybody here has been through issues. And in these issues, sometimes there, you just get away from God. And it, it, it's amazing. It happens to everybody. You can do it sitting right here in the pew every Sunday. You can come where your, your heart starts to, to just get where it's not listening, and it's, it, it, it's just you slowly start to dry and die. In our scripture this morning, Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 5, God is talking to Ezekiel, and he says this. He says in verse 1, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of dry bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And Behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, it's a good answer, is what you tell God. O oh Lord, God, thou knowest. You know if they can or not. And he said to me, Prophesy upon these bones, saying to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And thus the Lord God, unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. You know, I want you to picture this picture of Ezekiel. He's taken to a valley, and it's full of dry bones. And I said, You know what he did? He took him to a church, and it was in the middle of the service. And it was dry. He said they were very dry. And that word is basically they were very dead. I mean, they were they were past hope. You know, I mean, some of you, you understand you've been to a, a restaurant and you, you order a steak. I ordered one one day, and I think a good bet could have brought that thing back to life in just a, just a little bit of time. But these were past any hope, any help. They were so dry, there was nothing. And God looked at Ezekiel and says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And I guarantee you, if he was today to take Ezekiel, take him to church, says, Ezekiel, can this church come back to life? And and here's the answer. God and Ezekiel had it right. He said, well, God, only you know. Only you know. Because let me tell you what it takes. It takes the heart of the person there being willing to be brought back to life. But just as God took this valley of dried bones and brought them back to life where, where flesh appeared back onto the dried bones and they he breathed the breath of life into them, he could bring anybody who's gotten away from him back to life. The, the, the only time no, is when you choose not to. So let me ask you this morning, how much life do you got in your old dry bones? How much life do we have? Are, are we that valley or are we ready to come back to life? This morning I decided I took the word life and I'm going to spell it out this morning. So I got four points. It's probably got five points each. So we're here for about three or four hours this morning. And the first point I want to tell you is that God can bring an old dried up Christian Back to life with love. Because let me tell you, you, sometimes we forget how much God loves us. We forget about how powerful that love is, how wonderful that love is. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, God said this. He said, The Lord has appeared unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn thee. God says, I love you so much and has loved you so long. i draw you to me. But you know what? A lot of us don't want to be drawn. We want to lay there in the valley. We want to be dried up. We want to be useless. But God says, I love you with a love that has never stopped. I want you to think about that love. And, you know, first of all, God's love is not based on anything that's within us. Or anything that we do. You ever thought about that? I mean, you think about this. He spoke the world into creation. He, he spoke everything into creation. He could just say the word and we could be gone. I mean, that's how powerful it is. And and, and I I don't know about y'all, as I read in the Old Testament when he's talking to Noah and he says, man, it it just grieves me that I've made man. And I've wondered how many times he looks down at this old planet and says, it just grieves me that I, I, I gave him another chance because they don't listen, they don't love, they don't care. But he says, "I've loved you with an everlasting love." He looks at us and he he tells us in the scripture, you know that that we're not much. L- listen, I mean, we we we're, we're horrible to start with because the Bible tells us, and Jeremiah says this. He says, "The heart's deceitful among you, above everything, desperately wicked." Who could know what he says? And you know, so it don't speak good for us. But he he has a a a, a, a steadfast unconditional, unmoving love that he has for us in spite of ourselves. You know, in 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, it says this, and this manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. God loved us so much that he made a way to take care of the things that make us so wicked. And that that he said I love you that much so he brings us back to life with that love. He brings it's a love that 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 is so powerful that it brings us from the coldness of death back to that abundant life that he tells us about in John 10, 10. You know, it's a wonderful love. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29, verse 11 and 13, it says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards thee, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. To give you an expected expected end. Then shall they call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God says, I know what I think about you, how much I care about you, how much I love you. You know, it, it's a love that when you, you realize it, that, that you want to return it back to him. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, says this, Then thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. I mean, you think about this. If we would grasp the love that God has for us, we'd really want to give back that love because it's so powerful. I mean, you think about it. you. How many of you have messed up in your life and God loves you? He still brings you back to the fold. He still says, hey, it doesn't matter that you did this. It doesn't matter that you did that. Matter of fact, I'll do this. I'll take those sins and I'll forget about them. I'll move them as far as the east is from the west. Why? Because I love you. And I'll forgive you. He says, as long as you seek me with all your heart. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. You can be the most dry, deadest person in the world, and if you love the Lord, he'll find you. He'll come to you because he loves you that much. He'll forgive you. He'll lift you up. Not only does he He do that, he'll He'll take you out, as as David said in Psalm 40, he'll He'll take you up out of that miry clay, that sin that's just just dripping off, and set you on a firm rock. And establish Not only just set you in a place of, of, of comfort, a place of security, it says that he'll establish your goings. That he'll help you along the way. That's love. I mean, that, that's something wonderful that, that I can mess up and I can do this and I can be that. And God says, I still love you, that I'll do that for you. Seek me with all your heart. Come to me. And give it back to me, you know. It's it's love. It's it's so powerful. It ought to consume us. You know, Hebrews tells us that God is a consuming fire, and that love is that same way. You know, it 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 should be the center of our life. Now, the danger comes though when you want to have it and have something else too. You can't love God on Sundays than be in the world on Mondays. You can't pretend to be a Christian on Sundays and be out sinning every other day of the week. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, He says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, he said. So let me tell you, he brings you back to life with a love. The question is, do you take it? You can't halfway. Because if you do, you know what you still are? You're still dry bone. See a lot of Christians want to play that. They want to say, "Well, I, I hey, I, I, I done my time. I, I, I. When I was younger, I used to do still breathing. Is your heart still beating? So you can't quit. So, well, preacher, I can't do what I used to. I can't either." Yesterday I me and John was working in my yard and he was cutting law. I like to kill myself out there. He cut him. I throw them in the back of his truck. And here's what he said. He said the guy with the saws got the hard job. Not from where I'm standing. What I used to do, like to fail, and he said, Hey, watch out. And I went, like, Thank you for the advice. That's good advice there. I'll try not to do that. I used to it didn't bother me. I chunk them things in the truck all day, but not now. I'd ready for a nap when he left. his saw quit, and I'm like, "Thank you, Lord." So, hey, just because you're getting older doesn't mean you got to stop. Got to do whatever else? Into a different season in your life, you got to do whatever else God's called you to do. See, so you say, well, I've done, see, here's what it is. Well, I love the Lord. Well, you're loving yourself more because you're saying, I can't do, you can't do nothing anyway. God does through us. God's love is so powerful. He says, it does not matter as long as you seek me with all your heart, all your mind. I'm right there. I will give you way. I will establish your going. Number two, God brings you back to life with interest. Be interesting, I guess is a better word. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25 says this, The Lord is good unto them that wait on him, to the soul that seeketh him. The, 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 The word wait, the Hebrew word here is, and it means to look eagerly. So he's telling, it's not you just, because, you know, here's what some of us think. Well, I'm just waiting on God. Are you eagerly looking for him? That's what he said. It's not just sitting there. Well, you know, hopefully he'll find me. It, it's like little kids playing hide and go seat. The, the other Wednesday night we were in here talking and, and the kids were playing hide and go seat, And it was Remy's turn to be it. Bless her heart, here's how she counted. One and five, one and five, one and five. Here I come. Well, of course, the older ones know how to hide a little bit better. And after a while, they give up. And they say, here I am. The problem is, though, is a lot of us as Christians, we're like, Well, God's over here counting, and I'm going to hide. I'm waiting patiently on the Lord. No, you're supposed to be eagerly seeking him as you wait patiently. Do you have that kind of an interest in God? You see, you, you should, because he can bring you back from the depth of despair, you should have an interest in being closer to him. You should have an interest in what he's doing in your life. It, it's, it, it's, it's like this. There ought to be an interest to serve him. Not for the accolades of men or or but for the one who brought you back to life. Isaiah, first, or excuse me, first Samuel chapter 12, verse 24 says this only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider the great things He's done for you. Did you hear that? Consider the great things God's done for you. You ought to have an interest in serving just because of the things He's done. I guarantee you there's not a person in here that God has not answered a prayer for and done something for. But we, we, we act like we 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 owe nothing to Him and He. Say, Lord, hey, here I am. Send me. Let me do something. I might not do much else. I can call people. I can just say, hey, missed you Sunday. And they say, well, I was at church where you didn't come up to me. I still missed you. Do something, encourage people. Tell people, hey, good job, great, great man. I I want to see you doing more. Pray for them. You know, Paul said to the church in Colossians, chapter three, verse twenty-three and twenty-four. He told us this: Whatever you do, whatsoever you do, do it hardly as unto the Lord and not to men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Christ. Also, whatever it is God's called you to do, or whatever it is you can do, do everything you got. on halfway. You know, one of the biggest things our problem is after a while, and here's what happens. You know how you tell you when you start to dry out and die, because you you follow everything up with this, and I'm very guilty of this. Well, you know what? God don't need you. He don't need me. He'll find somebody else. You ought to have an interest in doing it and say, God, you died for me. You brought me back to life. I want to do what I can for you. I might mess it up, Lord, because I'm not the brightest bulb in the bulb box. But I'll try. I'll try. Somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I know you're in charge of fluffing the tissues in the boxes on Sunday mornings. I'd really like to try it. Well, this way you leave it. When they get done, it kind of looks like that right there. Well, let them do it. Because they got an interest in serving the Lord. Because that." Maybe you've lost the interest and you're more concerned with well, everybody knows that i fixed these boxes and if they've done wrong, they're going to look, they ain't doing their job. Don't worry about everybody else. Worry about him. See, that's something we forget sometimes. We need to have that interest in serving him. Do it with everything you got. We ought to be as like Paul told Timothy. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, He says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me. For he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Paul said, I thank God because he called me in the ministry. You know, and sometimes I'll I'll have to remind myself of that verse. When I get want to climb under my whiny, piney little pity tree, I got to remind myself, hey, God, you called me in the ministry. I'm human. I'm going to whine. I'm going to gripe just like everybody else. But I got to sometimes remember you called me ill equipped, uneducated me. And you brought me, you put me on that rock, you established my going. See, God loves you that much. Do you have interest in what He's called you to do? So I'll go ahead and tell you this. I'm not the only one He's called into the ministry. Every one of you who are born again are called into the ministry. How are you serving this morning? Is the question. So, you know, it, it it's that interest we ought to have because of that love we ought to. Show forth our, our adoration and praise to him. In First Chronicles chapter 29, verses 11 through 13, it says, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and all the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord. Thou art exalted above as a head above all. Both riches and honors come from thee. Thou reignest over all. Thy hand is power and might, In thy hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, O oh God, we thank thee, we praise thee, thy glorious name. How many of you praise God this morning? Did you have the interest for it? There's an interest in knowing who he is. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Do you realize you learn more of him when you surrender to him? Do you hear that? You learn more of him when you surrender. He says, take my yoke. Then he says, learn of me. You can't take that yoke. You can't take anything from until you know him. Until you learn of him. And the only way you're going to do that is to surrender to him. You want to know why some of you don't have the interest you got anymore? Because you ain't surrendering. I mean, it's like this. I'm going to sit right here. God, I dare you to bless me. Why do you think you ain't got nothing going on? You, you look like a prune, Oh dried up. You ever seen old dried up raisin? I mean, I'm thinking, those things are horrible looking. You can't eat them. You can't do nothing but throw them at somebody. And we wonder why, because we have no interest in the things that God's done for us. We won't surrender ourselves to him. We won't humble ourselves to him. That's why we're those dried up things. We are sometimes because we refuse to have the interest. We, we, for, we forget about the love and we have no interest in them. We, 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 we just are away from them. It, it's, and I think a lot of it is because we lack the next one. Which is because he brings us back to life with fear. Proverbs fourteen twenty seven says this, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of life, to p- depart from the snares of death. You know, I used to wonder when I was young, what it was was to fear the Lord. and Because, and you know, throughout the Bible, you read about that. But, you know, I now found out, figured out what it is. It took a long time. It took a lot of mistakes on my part to truly understand what the fear of the Lord is. You know, it, 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 it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. I, I fear Him because I know what I am. Jacob, be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeared for a little time that vanished away. And, you know, when I thought about that, I started understanding what it was. As Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, he said this. He said, he said, fear not, but are able to kill the soul, but rather feel them which is able to destroy both the body and the soul. And you think about that. Why do I fear God? It's because I know what he could do and I know what I really am. But then I see what he does. See, I stand in awe in respect and love because I know that if he wanted to, he could take me out like that. But he allows me day after day when I wake up. I'm not assured of tomorrow. I'm not assured of today. I could have a massive heart attack and die at any moment. You could lay your head down tonight, not wake up. See, that's what we are. We're like the grass that comes up. I was looking at the tree outside before service. You go out there and look at it on your way out. Look up. There's green leaves everywhere, but there's a lot of brown ones on there too. They're just falling off. See, that's what we are. We're here one day, we're gone the next If I seem perfect, then tomorrow you're not. So I fear the Lord because I know of his awesome power. But in that fear is a love and respect because of what he does for me. He sent his son for me. He died for me. What was I? But that's how much he loved me. He, listen, listen to this. Psalms 103 verse 14 says this. For he knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Do you hear that? He, he, he knows us and he says, he, he formed man out of dust. And he remembers that what we are, but he loved us enough that he gave his only begotten son. Think about that. You know, why do we fear him? Because, man, we're nothing. Think of, he spoke the world into existence and then what was spoken into existence, he made man out of. He formed man out of the dust of the earth into his image and he breathed life into him. I fear him because he's that powerful, that he loves me that much. Fear also kind of means respect, and it, 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 it's it, it's that thing I should show how much I love him every day. The reverence, you know, and, and you know what? Everything to the Lord is through the. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7 says this By faith, Noah being warned of God, thing not seen yet, moved with fear and prepared the ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Ever thought about that, Noah? I wish they had faith like Noah. I got a t-shirt that says faith like Noah. And and, and think about that. Noah built an ark in the middle of the woods, not only about the water, and told everybody it's going to rain. God's going to flood the earth. It's never rained. People came day after day saying, Noah, you're crazy. Noah, you're weird. Noah still boom, boom, boom. God told me to. God told me to. He brought the world, He brought me into this world. He could take me out. I'm gonna be obedient. Might not make any sense. All of a sudden an animals start showing up. Can you imagine that? Not only is that crazy man building art, but all these animals are coming now. I'm sure he was well-liked in town. And he kept on, and he kept on, and that faith showed. And it was because of his righteousness, because he wanted to do what God wanted him to do. He kept on having faith in God. It might not make any sense to me, but I'm going to do it. God, I, I fear you. I respect you. I praise you. I will do what you call me to do, no matter how dumb it seems. I will do it. And one day, a drop fell from the sky. And all those who never had faith in the Lord start banging on the door. Let me in. Let me in. Sorry. It's by faith. Think about that. By faith, God did this. The fear of the Lord. We get to my last point. The E. He brought me back to life. He brings you back to life with love. He brings you back to life to have interest. He brings you back to life to have fear in him. And he brings you back to life to remind you of the eternal security you got. John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, shall be able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. So it don't matter. You think about something. You're dried up. You're dead. You're not where you need to be as a child of God. You might be out in the world living just like the, the prodigal son did. Or you might be sitting in a church. You might be sitting at the house thinking everything's fine, but you're not doing or hearing or seeing or talking or doing anything to God. You're dead as all those dry bones. He brings you back to life for. The reminder of that eternal security. If you've ever been there, if you've ever been in that valley with all those dry bones, let me tell you when you get back to the house, like when the prodigal son made it back to the house, he realized, hey, what I was missing, what was there, I'm going to appreciate my father. I'm going to appreciate the things that were I was there that I took for granted. And let me tell you, it is a wonderful thing to be reminded of the eternal security. Can nobody take you out of that right hand of right? No matter how you try to jump out and do stupid things, God still got you. Every time you get out there, let me tell you, He is great. He is still in you. He is there the whole time, seeing everything you do. You're sitting there not doing anything. He's probably going, If we'd move, we wouldn't hurt as bad. It's like having arthritis. It hurts to move, but if you don't move, it's going to hurt to sit. You got to use or lose it folks and that's what our life is he's brought us back to remind us of the eternal security it is eternal security that you've got because if you accepted him as a child of god you are his some of you need to remember that some of you need to wake up some of us need to do it on a daily basis god remind me. I am and where I'm going. Remind me of the love. Give me that interest for the day. Remind me of the fear I should have in you, and also show me the eternal security I got with you. Today's the day, church, that we need to wake up. We've been dry bones so long, but let me tell you, there's a song that's out now. It says, I hear those dry bones rattling. Let me tell you, God's trying to shake us and wake up. Are you ready to step forward and do what God wants you to do? Or you just want to sit there amongst the dry bones and just slowly get drier, slowly get better until you can't move at all? Church, it's time to wake up. Don't matter how bad it looks, the battle is still on. God is still in control. And let me go ahead and tell you a secret. He wins in the end. Amen. It just don't seem like it may be right now, but he is going to win. What side do you want to be on? Amen. How many of you ready to fight? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you, father we're crying out in the midst of a valley that's full of dry bones father i know there's something here today lord they might be thinking, well well preacher i'm glad you're talking to somebody else because you ain't talking to me lord i know you talk to me first and you reminded me that doesn't matter what i'm doing i'm so i'm just one breath away from being lying there sometimes i need to be woke up each and every day lord there might be somebody here today they might be serving and doing things but their heart's not in it so father i pray right now you start with them you do a major surgery on their heart today take that stony thing that's getting in there out and put one of flesh in there Father, there's some that's been sitting there so long, they are the dry bones. They're not appreciative. Bring them back to life. Give them the love, the interest, the fear, and, and and remind them of the eternal security they got in you. Lord, I pray during this invitation, if there's somebody here, if there's somebody watching, that, Lord, they'll decide today's the day that I'm going to be what you want me to be, God. Have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. I ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to sing page. 245, as we sing, you obey the Holy Spirit. Thank you for coming. I want, I want to put a, two challenges out there this week to you. And the first challenge is I want you to be praying for the church every day. And write it down. Write it down somewhere as you can see it. Remember, pray for the church. And here's the other one. Look around. And somebody that's not here, I want you to call them and invite them to church for homecoming. And here's why I'm saying now. You got time to do one of those things that people don't do a lot of lately? Send them a letter. I'm serious. Write them a letter, because you might—they might look. Oh, I don't want to talk to them. Just let the phone now, you know, hang up on it. But they're gonna get it. And say, so I want you to come to home and pray for them and tell them you want to come. Buy some other people too. That's your challenge. Because we got enough time. If you write that letter, it's got enough time, even with mail today, to hopefully get there before next. Two Sundays. That's why I said do it now. Next week, I'll tell you to call them because you want time for it to get there. But remember, home can be much in prayer. Pray for the church every day. If you ain't got anything else to pray for, pray for me. I'm going to close with a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you today, Father, I thank you for the fact that so many times in my life I've been in that valley of dry bones. The Lord, it You come and get me so many times. Lord, I thank you for that love. And so, Father, I know right now there are some that they're not feeling where they need to be. Lord, I pray right now you'll help them to come back to you. Lord, there's some that's watching that they say, well, my health ain't what it should be. That doesn't matter because God's always there. Remind them of that. Bring us back to life. In Lord's name I pray. Amen.